There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. This is the weekly Layla Weighs In. I'm your host, Layla Mutin, here on this podcast, uh, bringing you news information, discussing health topics, topics of concern with medical conditions, nutritional conditions, deficiencies, all of the above. If you have any questions or topics of interest, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me to radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. So this is, every year I go to, well, most, most years, uh, there are some I've skipped. There's a particular medical conference called Integrative, the uh, Integrative Healthcare Symposium, IHS. And it happens every winter at the New York Hilton. What's nice is I don't have to, you know, it's right here in my neighborhood in New York City, so it's great. It's generally three days. Wonderful information. And during the year, post-conference, uh, there's the Integrative Practitioner Journal, which is very, very, uh, which is really good. I'm, I'm on their listserv as well. Uh, I'm a member. And very important research here. Here's one. Study shows cancer cells. Cancer. Study shows cancer targets the microbiome, thrives on glucose. We're all talking about the microbiome and the microbiota, the beneficial bacteria that reside in the GI tracts, that reside on our skin. We're actually a, a holobiome, if you think about it. Remember the character Pigpen on the Peanuts cartoons, right? Charlie Brown cartoon. The character Pigpen, he was always, he always had, was in a cloud of dust. There was always a cloud of dust around him. That's our microbiome. It's not being dirty, you understand. It's, it's our microbiome. This is the deal, uh, that, that we've made with the ecosystem. This is, uh, part of our, our microbiota. So this study shows cancer targets the microbiome, thrives on glucose. Cancer needs energy to drive its out-of-control growth. It gets energy 
in the form of glucose. In fact, consuming so much glucose that one method for imaging cancer simply looks for areas of extreme glucose consumption. Where there is consumption, there is cancer. Okay, that's a powerful, powerful statement. And uh, if you know the work of Dr. Thomas Seyfried, I believe he's out of Yale University, Cancer as a Metabolic Disease, it's a really big book, a really big tome. Cancer as a Metabolic Disease, and it's about our carbohydrate metabolism that... You know, cancer researchers keep looking at genetics. They're looking at the wrong thing. It's not about the genes. It's our, it's our diet. It's what we consume because that has the ability to turn those oncogenes, those cancer genes on or off and eating so many carbohydrates as we've been instructed to do all of our lives is feeding cancer. So imagine that. You know, one method of imaging cancer simply looks for areas of extreme glucose consumption. Where there is consumption, there is cancer. That's why a very low-carb, a ketogenic diet can be helpful in preventing cancer, in preventing cancer's recurrence if you've already had cancer. So... But how does cancer get this glucose? I'm going back to the study here. A University of Colorado Cancer Center study published last week in the journal Cancer Cell shows that leukemia undercuts the ability of normal cells to consume glucose, thus leaving more glucose available to feed its own growth. It's kind of parasitic, wouldn't you think? So the cancer is protecting itself. It's actually keeping your body from using glucose for energy and using it to fuel itself. Think of cancer cachexia, that weight loss that you see, that wasting syndrome that you see in people with cancer, with advanced cancer. The cancer is now taking all of the body's energy away in the form of glucose. So, leukemia cells create a diabetic-like condition that reduces glucose going to normal cells. And as a consequence, there is more glucose available for the leukemia cells, according to Craig Jordan, PhD, investigator at University of Colorado Cancer Center, division chief of hematology, and Nancy Carol Allen, professor of hematology at the same university school of medicine. Literally, they are stealing glucose from normal cells to drive growth of the tumor. So let me, let me digress again. So imagine you're on a ketogenic diet you're not doing, it's not, the, you're not eating the carbohydrates that are demanding to be metabolized that would also feed a cancer, right? You are operating on a fat-burning uh, metabolism, which is lipolysis slash ketosis. And ketones are what your body is using for energy. Where is the glucose for the cancer cells to live on, right? 
there isn't much there except in some protein turnover from your muscle breakdown and turnover. So there's very little glucose for the cancer cells to use. That is why a ketogenic diet may be very beneficial in cancer prevention and of recurrence in cancer. And think about it. Think about our Stone Age ancestors. When the climate was cold, there was very little to eat except the animals they killed. They were in ketosis. There wasn't any fruit, hardly any plant life when you're knee-deep in snow, right? So coming back to the study, literally the cancer cells are stealing glucose from normal cells to drive the growth of the tumor. Like diabetes, cancer strategies depend on insulin. Healthy cells need insulin to use glucose. You know, glucose basically unlocks the receptor cells to receive glucose. Insulin is a very important hormone. It, it gives us the ability to utilize glucose and, and above and beyond that, it is a fat storage hormone. It helps our bodies to store fat. So, like diabetes, cancer strategies, cancer strategies depend on insulin. Healthy cells need insulin to use glucose. And in diabetes, either the pancreas underproduces insulin or tissues cannot respond to insulin. And so cells are left starved for energy while glucose builds up in the blood. The current study shows that leukemia goes about creating similar conditions of glucose buildup in two ways. First, tumor cells trick fat cells into overproducing a protein called IGFBP1. That's IGFBP1. The tumor cells are tricking fat cells to overproduce this protein. This protein makes healthy cells less sensitive to insulin, meaning that when IGFBP1 is high, it takes more insulin to use glucose than it does when IGFBP1 is low. Hmm, very interesting. So, Unless the supply of insulin goes up, high IGF-BP1 means that the glucose consumption of healthy cells go down, goes down. So that's how the cancer is stealing glucose from the healthy cells. This protein may also be a link in the chain connecting cancer and obesity. The more fat cells, the more IGF-BP1, and the more glucose is available to cancer. Okay. All right. And we do know that there is a very intimate relationship between high insulin levels and cancer. Because now, in this situation with cancer, it takes more insulin to use the glucose than it does IGF-BP1. All right. So, of course, cancer has a second strategy that ensures insulin production 
does not go up to meet the need created by increased IGFBP1. In fact, cancers turn insulin production down. And in large part, they do this in the gut. Now, this is what's interesting here, what they're finding out. In the course of doing this, this systemic analysis, Dr. Jordan says, we realize that some of the factors that help regulate glucose are made by the gut or bacteria in the gut. We look there and found that the composition of the microbiome in leukemic animals, animals with leukemia, was different than in control mice. One major difference in the guts of mice with leukemia was the lack of a specific kind of bacteria known as bacterioids. Hmm. These, bacterio these bacterioids produce short-chain fatty acids that in turn feed the health of cells lining the gut. We know about these short-chain fatty acids, SCFAs. They're very, very important in good gut functioning. They're very important, and we see lower production of short-chain fatty acids in those people with inflammatory bowel disease, such as ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease. Okay. So without bacterioids, which would produce these short-chain fatty acids, gut health suffers. And the current study shows that without bacterioids, gut health suffers in ways that specifically aid cancer. One way is the loss of hormones called incretins. The loss of hormones called incretins. When blood glucose gets high, for example, after you eat, your gut releases incretins, which tamp down blood glucose, reducing it back to the normal range. Working through the gut, leukemia inactivates these incretins, allowing blood glucose to remain higher than it should. Leukemia also nixes the activity of serotonin. Wow. Serotonin is well known as a feel-good neurotransmitter that helps to regulate mood and is found, let's see here, and it's lowered, wow, in the setting of leukemia. And the result of less insulin secretion, less insulin sensitivity, is that cancer undercuts healthy cells' use of insulin from both sides. Healthy cells need more insulin just as there is less insulin available. That's what cancer does. Less insulin use by healthy cells leaves more glucose for the cancer. It's a classic parasitic Parasite trick, Jordan says. It's a classic parasite trick, Dr. Jordan says. Take advantage of something the host does and subvert it 
for your own purposes. Talk about survival of the fittest, huh? That goes for cancer too. Interestingly, just as a parasite might eat a host's food leading to malnourishment, cancer's energy theft may play a role in the fatigue and weight loss common in cancer, cancer patients. That's what I meant by that cancer cachexia. It's as if the cancer is eating up the person. It's really something. So it's keeping us from being nourished anymore by tricking our metabolism this way and redirecting glucose, tamping down insulin, increasing IGF, BP1, all of that. Interesting. The fairly prevalent observation is that cancer patients have a condition called cachexia, what I was talking about earlier. It's basically wasting away. You lose weight. If cancers are inducing systemic changes that result in depletion of normal energy stores, this could be part of that story, part of what's going on there. However, Jordan and colleagues not only showed how leukemia dysregulates healthy cells glucose consumption, but also showed how to re-regulate this consumption according to one of the authors. When we administered agents to recalibrate the glucose system, we found that we could restore glucose regulation and slow the growth of leukemia cells. This is fascinating. These, quote, agents were surprisingly low-tech. One was serotonin, ha, which is found to be low in the presence of leukemia. So these agents, one of them is serotonin. Another was tributyrin, a fatty acid found in butter and other foods. That's butyric acid. Serotonin supplementation replaced the serotonin mixed by leukemia and tributyrin helped to replace the short-chain fatty acids that were absent due to loss of bacteroids. So the butyric acid in butter helps feed those short-chain fatty acids that were absent due to the loss of bacteria. Hey, everything is better with butter. The group calls the combination of these agents SER-TRI-Therapy, S-E-R-T-R-I-Therapy, which is SER is for serotonin and TRI is for the tributyrin, SER-TRI-Therapy. Interesting. And they show that it is more than a theory. Sertri therapy led to the recovery of insulin levels and reduction of IGF-PB1. And leukemic mice, mice with leukemia, treated with Sertri therapy live longer than those without. 22 days after leukemia was introduced in mice, all of the untreated mice had died, while more than half of the mice treated with Sir Tri 
therapy, we're still alive. The continuing line of work shows that cancer may depend on the ability to outcompete healthy cells for limited energy. Healthy tissues have strategies to regulate insulin, glucose, and other factors controlling energy consumption. Cancer cells have strategies to subvert this regulation with the goal of making more energy available for their own use. Quote, we now have evidence that what we observed in our mouse models is also true for leukemia patients. Understanding these mechanisms that cancer uses to unbalance the body's system of energy in their favor is helping doctors and researchers learn to thumb the scale in favor of healthy cells. So the SIR tri-therapy, the serotonin tributyrin therapy, very, very interesting. This furthers the notion that you can do things systemically to disfavor leukemia cells and favor normal tissue, says Dr. Jordan. Says Dr. Jordan. This could be part of limiting the growth of tumors. And again, you know, very, very interesting stuff, and this has to do with the bacterioids population in the microbiota. But how do we feed our microbiota? butyric acid, the short-chain fatty acids, we get this from our food, right? Healthy fiber, all of that. Uh, some carbohydrate foods help with the increase of short-chain fatty acids, but we're also getting it from fats like butter. Very, very important. A ketogenic diet being very, very helpful in the prevention and the recurrence of cancers. Important stuff. So, this study shows cancer targets the microbiome, it thrives on glucose. We know about the intimate association with glucose and insulin in the thriving of cancer. And this is, this is an area of research which is always very interesting because it is our modern plague, cancer is. Um, I invite you to email me with any topics that you may be interested in or any questions you may have or uh, any comments, you can email me to radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. And I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In, here on Intelligent Medicine. Do you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a vitamin B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a solution for low B1, Zobria by OShare Health. Zobri is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells in your feet and legs to stop functioning properly. may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to reverse these symptoms. You can get Zobria now with new lower pricing, risk-free, by going to Z-O-B-R-I-A dot com or by calling 1-855-ZOBRIA-8. That's 
Zobria.com or 1-855-962-7428. Get 20% off the new lower price with coupon code Hoffman at checkout plus free shipping. Zobria.com, vitamin B1 perfected. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.